Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want me to define a random set of terms that you're going to roll up on a table? <laughs> Don't I get to define some too? <laughs> yeah, I think I we think can, so. But we I, can share. <laughs> that's fine. Okay, definition okay. panda. <laughs> I like defining things. Whatever. Cue music. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts who threw this set of show notes together uh, about 45 minutes ago. <laughs> Phil. And I am your other host who helped throw this set of show notes together 45 minutes ago and I did the writing. Senda. <laughs> You did. You did. You actually did. You actually did the. Um, you did the larger portion of the work. Right. I, um, I wrote the words on a piece of paper. Yes, I blurted. I blurted things out, and you were, and you snatched them and put them into some sort of order. <laughs> Should we tell them what we're doing tonight? This is horribly I, confusing. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, first of all, I think it should be abundantly clear that if anyone's listening, that this is uh, yet again one of our um, pandemic episodes. So uh, it is unedited um, because in these uh, pandemic times, to be kinder to ourselves, uh, we neither script nor we edit the show. Uh, we just come here to spend time and talk about games in each other's company. Right. Uh, I think we should start calling this genre of show that we do, we should call them the pandemic pandas. No, that sounds bad. Like, Pandemics. It sounds like, <laughs> no, it sounds like we're it sounds like we're spreading the disease or something. Oh, dear. It sounds terrible. No, okay, no, no. Never mind. In Carry these on. pandemic times, as I've become I've I've been saying now more and more. <laughs> um anyway. Uh, so, show's not scripted. Show's not edited, as yep. it's abundantly clear abundantly so far. Abundantly clear. <laughs> but we do have a topic for tonight. So we're not going to do our giving, giving our chit chat, giving us life thing. We actually have a question. You have the question. I do. I remember. To tell look it everyone. Up. Tell everyone what the re- the question slash request was. Right. So on Twitter, Shadow World One asked. Um, or actually said, I should say, um, pandas talk games, oh, wise and caring pandas sitting upon their mounds of bamboo, if I may so humbly ask for an episode on the slang terms and common phrases you and others use when talking about RPGs for the new and newer pandas listeners. Thank you, pandas, for your hard work. Okay, so uh, to be clear, there's no possible way we could put all the terms that we define uh, into one episode. That is... That is absolutely impossible. We define terms like literally every episode, and we do it also uh, over on Misdirected Mark. Uh, there is a uh, idea that has been kicking around the Misdirected Mark for some time of publishing our own dictionary of gaming terms. Right, like um, a glossary. But so, yeah. so I, what I will say is, for tonight, the way that we are handling this... Because we are game designers. We are game designers. We we have written down 10 terms that we can define. And I am sitting here with a numbered list of said terms and a D10. (laughs) 
My yes. friends, we will be randomly defining these terms this evening, and we'll see how many we get through. Now, I will say, if there's a term that you have heard on our show in the past at any point, or somewhere else, or whatever, you want to hear us define a thing or talk about it, um, and we don't do it tonight because we were trying to, off the cuff, come up with things that we say a lot, um, which is harder than it sounds, um, just let us know. Drop us a note on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. Um, we would be happy to talk about that sort of thing and uh, explain ourselves. We will do ourselves. this again. We could do it again, right? Like If we get 10 terms, we we'll will do, do again. this again. <laughs> we are very much against gatekeeping in RPGs. And if one of those things is like people using a bunch of language that everybody assumes that you know, and you don't know it, okay, cool, fine. I would love to sit down and talk about it so that that's not a barrier of entry, right? I agree. I, we try in as much as possible to define things, but over the years, uh, we do use a lot of terms that uh, some of many of which we coined, Yep. Not all of them, but many of which of we coined. Yeah. And um, and again, we don't want to gatekeep you by having to make you listen to every episode. <laughs> so yes, we will do, we will just redefine yeah. things. Yeah, like, oh, it's fine. Just listen to these other 200 episodes and then you'll know what we're talking about. That's terrible. As they used, as they used to say on, I don't know if they still say it, but they used to say it on um, Gaming and BS. Started episode one, just go forward. <laughs> no, but I feel like we can't say it's, it's too much. When it was it's like 10 much. episodes, it was fine. When it was like 20 episodes, maybe. It was like, this is episode 207. Is ridiculous. There's too many episodes. <laughs> Way too many. Okay. okay. All right. Um, roll the die and let's right. let's find our first, top, our first topic. Dice. This is so exciting. Here we go. Number six, which is cognitive load. Oh, ooh, can I do one. this one? Yeah, yeah. I will do this one. You'll do the next one. How's okay. that? Or, I mean, you can always just start. You are the definition panda, but I will leap in okay, with my sounds good. thoughts. <laughs> All right. So cognitive load is a term that uh, we did not invent this term, um, but we use it a lot when we talk about uh, when we talk about in games, the amount of work that your brain is doing during the during some activity in the game. Now, we often use it in terms of GMs. And uh, we'll be talking about, uh, there's a couple of other terms on the list that might come up, but we'll be talking about like as you're GMing that a particular skill or a particular mechanic or game system or whatever is generating a lot of cognitive load, meaning that your brain is working really hard. And, and what that means is that no one really multitasks, right. right? So when your brain is taxed with doing a particular activity, other activities are not getting done or not getting done well. Like we can all drive and chew bubble gum, right? But like if you've ever noticed when you have to do like some like really hard math problem or something and you're chewing gum, you stop chewing gum. Right. Or you chew it like really slowly. Right. Right. Yeah. Because you're because the cognitive load has shifted to this one area. So yeah, that's a term that we use to mean that like your brain's working a lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have that much to add to that one. We usually use it in terms of when you are attempting as a GM to multitask because the GMing thing is that you have all these things going on at the same time. Since you can't really do all of them at the same time, it's how much time and energy are you spending on each one and how are you balancing them all against each other, right? So then when we're talking about like when something adds cognitive load, it means that you're shifting the balance. Yeah, like for instance, if you're using, if you're uh, first time or, you know, one of your early um, game uh, game sessions with a new system and the system is real mathy, 
Right. right. Here's, I'll just define that term right here. Mathy meaning <laughs> has a lot of math. Yeah. Not a real word. Right. But um, or if also, this is, we also tend to say crunchy, which means many rules. Correct. Yeah. Uh, rules or procedures. Yes. Yes. Um, so if it's one of those, your brain starts to chew up a lot of time working on that and you might not be doing a good job of uh, reading the table at that moment yep. you might not be doing a good job of thinking of like voices or descriptions or other things because your brain is like trying to crunch through um, all those numbers now i don't want to make it sound like cognitive load is strictly a crunchy rules thing because Another thing that can use up a ton of cognitive load, especially when you're learning it, is improv. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Because when you're trying to um, use those skills that you really use both in improv theater and then in improv GMing where you're really listening to your players so that you can really play off of them. But when you're GMing, you're also kind of thinking ahead and being like, okay, and I have this bad guy and what would they, you know, what are they doing while this stuff is happening? All of those things. You're doing all of that thinking at the table. Um, that can be a lot of thinking and depending on how accustomed you are to it or not, it might be taking up a lot of your brain power. And if it is, maybe you're not being as good about, you know, remembering who's had the spotlight last or whatever, right? It's just one of those things. One final note on that. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things we're talking about are learned skills yes. and are skills that can be improved. Yeah. And as you improve those things, the cognitive load will also drop. Yes. So that's something that we've definitely talked about, too. Um, and in terms of cognitive load is like, yes, it adds to cognitive load. And then as you get better at it, it decreases because you're better at it. It's like, you know, if you do a bunch of that really hard kind of math problem, you don't have to figure it out from scratch every single time. You already, you know, have your times tables memorized and you don't have to think about that part anymore, right? You know, six times six and like... You ever you ever drive to work and not realize how you got to where you are on the highway? Yeah, it, that used yeah, to happen to because... me driving to Boulder. And when it started happening driving to Boulder, I was like, uh-oh, that was like a 45-minute drive and it's just gone. What? I... And, and so here's <laughs> the thing, right? Your brain, the cognitive load for driving yeah. has dropped so much that your brain's just... actually able to do something else right. while you're driving. Yes. I was okay. listening very intently to podcasts. Good. Shall we do another one? Please, please, cool. please. I'm rolling. Okay, I got number six again. We just did number six. Okay, number five is layers. Do you, oh, do oh, you I'm looking to... at you because this is a misdirected mark thing, so you should talk about it. We use sure. It, so so but... layers is layers is a misdirected mark um, idea that uh, when we are engaged in a role playing game, that there are many different spaces that our consciousness can occupy. Uh, based on where we like what's on our mind in a game, right? So at, at like probably one of the most in-depth levels um, you can get to is the player level where you are, your brain is embodying the player, the right? Character. And or I'm sorry, the character. So the character <laughs> level is the lowest level. Player level is a very different level. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the character level is like the deepest level. Yeah. Um and, and meaning that like when you embody your character, like the world drops away and you you're just you're in the story as your character making decisions and you can like see what's going on. It's very visceral. Uh and then like above that is like the group layer where you're now thinking like you're not thinking so much as your character, but you're thinking about like, what does the group need to do to get to the end of this adventure? Uh, I don't want to go through all the layers because there's a whole Misdirected Mark episode on this, but there is. Um, you can go up through the layers. You can get to the player um, layer, which is like, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I'm hungry. 
What time is it? Um, so and you know, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I will call out one more layer, which is my favorite layer. Um, I I tend to live in two layers: the character layer, sometimes the group layer, and very frequently the story layer. Right, where you're thinking about how does this work as a story, yes. not how does this work for my character. Right. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, those and, are my two faves. And the thing about and the thing about levels are is that uh, we travel through them mm-hmm. uh, seamlessly, right? Yeah. Like we we travel through these different states uh, relatively seamlessly, and we can bounce in and out of them. So when you talk about a player who likes immersive role playing, immersive role playing is really just another way of saying like I really like to play in the character layer so much so that I kind of like to try to not go into. Right. It's, the other I want layers. to spend the prime the primary portion of my time in this character layer. I will mention one more layer. Yeah. The game layer yeah. is the layer in which you engage the mechanics of the game. Yes. And this is the trick with immersion is that if you are playing a game that has mechanics, like let's say you're trying to play a very immersive uh, D&D game, you are constantly battling trying to stay in the character layer but then getting pulled back out to the to the game layer when you have to do things like figure out your attack role or if you're a wizard what is the rules package for the spell yeah right so yeah. now you're like in this constant state of like well I want to be my character but how does you know out. Yes. How how does magic missile? How many magic missiles do I get? Right, like, like, and you and you exist in this kind of back and forth and back and forth kind of thing. So um, it's tricky. Yeah, um, it's really interesting. So one of the reasons that I love the way that um, y'all just talked about layers, and then the reason that it, we tend to use that as terminology on this show too, um, is because it makes it very clear to me the places that I like to be, and then also makes it very clear to me one of the reasons why um, why my particular group works really well together because we like to hang out on the same layers, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the reason that we actually tend to be. I mean, it's not that we don't engage the game layer and we don't engage game mechanics, but we don't do it as often as a lot of other groups do, I think. Um, you tend to also play lighter games that don't actually push you into that layer as much. Sure. Um, so we're playing Cartel last uh, right now. I rolled once last time, which is fine, right? Like, it was one of those things where it was like, when you, the, the cool thing about, ugh, total side note, the cool thing about that game is like, if things are going along and they're making themselves worse anyway, and you, the, you can just let the things happen without having to find out if there's a worse or more interesting outcome because the direction that everything go, is going is already really interesting, then you can just let it go. And it goes. And we totally <laughs> screwed ourselves over and it's great. Right? Like, so we, we could have rolled more. And other people did roll more um, uh, last last game session. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Right. But knowing, so knowing what layers you like and being able to have a conversation with people about what layers you like to be in can actually help you find people who will enjoy playing the same style of gaming that you play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's, I mean, there that's are, one of the ways are... it's useful, right? There are players out there who, um, you know, very much want to play in a table like a very immersive uh, game group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they will seek out players that enjoy that, you know, that that player level. Because it's hard if you're in. So one last one more thing about this. Right. Yeah. So it's hard if you want to be in the player level 
and somebody level? else at your table um, is at the story or or even at the character like story game or or player level, right? Like, I'm sorry, I said yeah, player game, right? Player again, yeah. <laughs> so you get an immersive. You get a person who's playing immersive, right? They want to be really into their character, and um, they want to just you know they want to have conversations as a character or whatever, and then they're trying to engage a player who is basically sitting at the game level because the thing that they're really grooving on this game is playing the mechanics of the game. Both are legitimate play styles, but in terms of group dynamics, now it's a little tricky because the person who wants to be really immersive can't connect to the person who's like sitting, flipping through the book, trying to like, you know, think like, what is my next best spell in this, you know, in this dungeon? Or let me look up this rule thing to see if I can do this cool thing with the spell to help, you know, like to help out this problem that's coming down the line. And the other person's like, what do you think should, you know, like, do you think I should, you know, do you think I should ask, you know, the farmer's son out, you know, kind of thing? And right. it's like the other the other person's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. You, that, you get that mismatch. You get the mismatch. It's really, really interesting because one of the ways that you – one of the ways you can see it, um, not always. Yeah, never mind. I'm not even going to say it. It's trash. Forget it. We're going to move on to the next one. Ready? Roll. Woohoo! Not editing. No more sixes. Good heavens. All right. Number one, get to the monkey. Get to the monkey, mm-hmm. otherwise also known as get, get to, to the, the fucking, fucking monkey, monkey. Yeah. <laughs> um, is actually the name of a song from a band. Oh, really? Coi- the, toy- the term was originally coined by uh, Tony the Rainmaker. Yeah, that makes um, sense to me. Actually, I think it might have been actually coined by Drew Smith's secret weapon of the misdirected mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um what what is the there's a I didn't I was not aware that there was a song involved in the monkey. Oh, there there totally is a Okay, I'm, totally I'm going to talk about the monkey while you find the song. <laughs> oh, okay. I've got it. I, oh, okay. I believe it's I believe it's from a band called Tripod. I think is the name of the band. Okay, but anyway, do you want to define it? Go ahead and define it. Oh yeah, so the monkey is like the juicy, the meaty thing that's happening. It's the reason that you're actually in this scene. So this is about getting in. And you don't, here's by example, right? If there is a flaming mountain in the middle of a peaceful field and the story is going to happen at the flaming mountain, you have a choice. You can start your players a day's journey away at the edge of the peaceful field with flowers. Or you can start your players at the foot of the flaming mountain. So, unless there's some reason to start your players way back in the peaceful fields and make them go through that day, what we call jumping to the foot of the flaming mountain would be getting to the fucking monkey. In other words, what we're talking about (laughs) is scene framing. Yes. Right? So, what we're talking about is... Go for uh, it. Do a better definition. (laughs) Well, no, it's fine. Your example was great. So, what we're talking about is scene framing. We're talking about... When you open up a scene, how close do you put it to the main action of the scene? Yeah, right. The juicy bits. So, right. So there's there's been um, and like one we we learned this poorly from early role playing games too. We've also learned this poorly from video games uh, that actually learned it from early role playing games where uh, the the goal of the scene is to get the quest from the guy in the um, in the bar, but we start at the city gates. 
And like <laughs> yes. we wander through the fucking town. You have to find we're, him. <laughs> Step we're talking one. to right. We're we're talking to like every NPC in the game. Finally, like after like forty five minutes, we get like the quest from the guy in the bar. The other way to do that is to literally open at the table sitting across from the guy as he pushes the map over to you and is like for five gold pieces i will tell you the secret of where the treasure is hidden in the mountain bam you are at the fucking monkey yeah there's the monkey (laughs) yes that so see this this term is a scene framing term right and it's about it's about not wasting time when you're setting up scenes in your role-playing game because if you set them too far back you kind of have to do the work to get to them. Now, I'm not saying you have to set them on top of the, like, like there is a style of GMing where you can do these kind of aggressive scene framings where you open the scenes, like literally on top of the action. My personal preference is not always to do that, but to open it up just a step or two back, right? So maybe I will open it with, you've entered the bar and see your contact sitting in the corner, a number of other unsavory characters eye you up as you walk into the bar. What do you do? Yeah, because then you're still not wandering through town. Um, but the interesting thing about this and, and when it, where I think we've really talked about it a lot is especially when you are doing aggressive scene, frame, scene framing or when we're talking about um, trying to manage your time in terms of convention slots and that sort of thing. Because when you are working on a short time frame, then it's important to decide you know, what, what is important to see? What do you need to see on screen? And what stuff do we assume happened off screen? Right? Where are you going to give them a little bit of time and space and they're going to get some character development out of it? And where are you just giving them time to flounder around because they don't actually know their characters that well yet and they just need to do something really fast so that they can just get into the game, right? Yeah, and I, and I think one of the places where this technique is the most important is in the early scenes, yes. right? Like, <laughs> like if whether you're playing a con game, whether you're playing a home game or yep. whatever, if it takes you 30 minutes to get the map to the quest site, first of all, do you even need to have the scene about getting the map to the quest site? Yes. Or can you even, can you even more aggressively yeah. cut to the fucking monkey and just put them outside of the, the dungeon? The flaming right? mountain, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so it's really important in the beginning because... If because nothing until you hit the actual action, everything else that's happening is possibly interesting, possibly going to be used later as you know material for later in the session. But really, you're just eating up a bunch of valuable time. Like drop close to drop as close to the action as you can tolerate based on your own style, and then get right in. Like get to the good parts. I have, Sound good? Yes. I don't know what just made the Slack sound because every all of my computers and everything are silenced, I thought. But okay. Um, okay. But something did. Um, so uh, the other thing that I would say about that um, is that when you leave players, especially at the very beginning of a session or at the very beginning of a campaign, um, a session being like a, a con game session, um, when you leave them a bunch of weird random space where they're not exactly sure what they need to do, um, you're also making it difficult for them to do something else that we like to take we like to talk about, which is take the bait, because it can be very difficult for them to tell what the bait is or what the story is, because there is no pressing thing in front of them to do. Right. Yep. So the other part that this um, really helps with when you start them close in on the action is like 
There's no question about like, okay, here's what we're doing. Doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do another one. Okay, here we go. Roll away. Rolling away. Roll away, my rolling sun. Heave away. Haul away. Uh, number two, latency. We haven't gotten any of the funny ones. I know. We'll just do a funny one. <laughs> okay. If, uh, no, no, we can do latency really quick. Do latency. Um, so latency, and again, there's a whole um, there's a whole episode on Misdirected Mark about latency. Um, but latency is the time it takes to complete um, a loop of a particular rule. Like, for instance, um, a particular combat turn or a, a combat round, something like that. So, if a game is got a whole lot of um, a whole lot of procedures and rules for carrying out a combat turn, it means there's a high degree of latency from one um, from one turn to the next. So for instance, if we're playing a game where I have to roll to hit, and then if I hit, I need to uh, roll damage, mm-hmm. then the opponent needs to roll to see what armor soaks up the damage, and then the opponent can roll to see if their body soaks up some of the additional damage, then we assign damage... And then there are, you know, whatever consequences from taking damage. The time it takes us to get through that for one player is the latency. You add that, you know, you add that up. That's the time it takes for the next player to be able to engage the game. Yep. Right. So it is a a game that has a high latency means that players will be sitting idle longer yes and this goes to a term this is a bonus term mm, that we often use we on the doing show that. <laughs> which is okay because we're defining things using other terms that we use sure um another bonus term which um we often use is dead air yeah uh, and this comes from my own background from working in um, college radio which is there is nothing more deadly than dead air on the radio that a person will only last 15 seconds before they'll change the station yeah um so when you have these high latency mechanics and procedures and stuff, what happens is you wind up with a bunch of dead air and players going back to our level thing, start yep. to fall out of their levels. Yeah. They right. Or their layers. layers. They fall yeah. out of their layers back to the player layer. Right. So like if I have to wait, Pathfinder first edition, <laughs> Pathfinder first edition, 15th level combat. If I have to wait 10 minutes for my turn to come back around to me, right that's legitimate right that is right yeah it is totally fair i've played that game a lot right so if i have to wait 10 minutes for the turn to come around to me you know what's really hard to do it's hard to stay in the character layer now suddenly i'm wondering like i don't know are there any more chips in that bowl no are there any in the bag in the kitchen i'm even worse than that i'm like cool what are people doing on twitter well, that's the thing, right? Like you've you've popped out of your layer. Yep. You've popped out of your layers to the personal layer and you're like, oh, what's going on in the world, right? And then it comes back to you. You engage the mechanic again, which then you're caught back up and you're excited and you're rolling dice and doing whatever. And then it leaves. Yep. So that is a term we use. High latency is not good. Yeah, I don't, um, I'm not a big fan. And in our episode on Misdirected Mark, we talk about... Um, we talk about ways that latency gets get created. We also talk about ways that you can help make things go faster to try to shorten latency and things like that. But um, high latency is a problem. It's not one of those terms where we're like, well, either way is good. No. no. High latency is actually <laughs> high latency is actually a, um, 
a problem with a game. How much latency you can tolerate is more of a personal thing, right? right? Like you may be okay waiting a few minutes for your turn. You may not be okay waiting 15 minutes for your turn. Yeah. Yep. But that's going to be more personal to you. Yes. Okay, cool. You want to do a funny one? Do a funny one? Um, Make a funny because we're at 31 minutes. Right. Uh, Well, cool. I just rolled the eight skills. Does that count? Okay, well, this one is kind of funny. <laughs> it's both. It's both. It is, it is both true and funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, are, what, what, what do we mean when we refer to the eight skills? Yeah, so here's the thing. We were talking about cognitive load earlier. <laughs> so it's good that that one preceded this one, right? It's so like eight skills when you're running a table is usually when we're talking about this. But recently we talked about this in terms of players also. They're, you're trying to do some number of things at the same time. You know, the, you're you're trying to make sure that people are staying engaged and that you're engaging the mechanics and that you're using good descriptive words and maybe you have voices and that you remember how the game works and who you talk to less, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there's a number of different skills that you use to do this. We don't actually know how many there are. Right? Yes. But every time we have to state a number. <laughs> we like the number eight. We always say that there are eight. If you do listen back to any of our previous episodes where we mention the eight skills, the skills that we name every time the eight skills come up, I'm pretty sure they're different every time. They're always different. We there's, just make them up at the there's time. There's no way. There's, some of them might overlap, maybe. But like, Oh, I'm sure I'm sure we've covered some of them over and over, but uh, we've never codified what the eight skills no are. Idea. The eight skills are referencing the myriad of things that you have to do as, probably, a, as a GM. There's probably like 20 skills. I don't know. We, well, we but you probably eight. only engage, engage like eight of them at once, at I think is what our joke was, sure. right? Like. <laughs> Pick, there's 20 skills to being a GM. Pick eight of them. You're doing that's eight what you, right That's now. what you're doing. Eight of, you're doing eight of them at the same time at the table. Yes. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and basically what it means is that what we're talking about is that uh, as a GM, we're, we're not mono-focused, right? We have a lot. Like, we have a lot. We're managing, to go back to some of our other terms, <laughs> yeah. we're managing layers yes. of the game, right? Yep. So part of our job is to manage the player layer, right? Because we're we're dealing with do people look bored is somebody like did somebody need the paper towels like that are next to me should i get them we're reading the table we're managing the story we're are we're we're making rulings we are engaging characters in um dialogue as npcs we're all over the place yeah you're doing eight things at a time um we're at 34 minutes you want to do do one one more? more Do you want to do a funny one? Sure. Why don't I roll and we'll see if we get a funny one. We got a funny one. We got... <laughs> <laughs> I realized I just gave you a big old grin and no one could see that because all these visual, you know, gags on this audio podcast. Darn it. Um, <laughs> we got the beefness. Um, I feel like you should start. The beefness. <laughs> so... You made as, up this word. As y'all may know. <laughs> you may or may not know. I don't know. It depends on how long you've been listening to this show. So Fair. as you might know, um, I do not eat things that have hooves. Or if you prefer, I do not eat things that have four legs. Or if you want the actual correct terminology, I am a polo pescatarian. So this means that I do not eat beef. <laughs> 
or Very pork, true. right? Or lamb, things like that, right? But the key thing, the key piece of information in this story is that I do not eat beef. So we were in Toronto for breakout. Correct. Yes. And um, and Phil was very excited about some French fries. <laughs> yes, we were eating at a gastropub. Yes. Would you like to tell them about the French fries? Well, they were, um, I mean, this was a, a great little gastropub. So amazing, amazing small dish food. Uh, really good beers, right? Like I think I think you were able to get like one of your you know favorite sour beers, uh, and they had um, French fries. They weren't just cooked, any French fries <laughs> cooked in beef fat. Yes, which I've had. Uh, I've been to other gastro pubs where they've done like French fries and duck fat. I like which in is, duck fat. Oh, yeah, yeah, I which can is do just, ducks. Mwah, chef's kiss. Sure. Um, but anyway, they they offered these in. Um, in beef fat, and you you didn't want to partake in them, but no. the table the table got fries. Yes, they did. And it came like in a big cone. Yeah, it remember? was like, like a it, Christmas tree of French fries. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was like a big. It was like one of those in like it was a cone and then in, full of like with paper and Christmas like wrapped tree in of fries. French fries. Yeah. Yes. So we're all just picking at them, eating them, mm-hmm. and eventually, because they're French fries, right? Like, right. There's only so long you can hold out. Yes. I held on right? for like a long time. <laughs> but they're French fries. <laughs> you, um, you, as I remember, there was also some heckling from the crowd. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think there was only heckling because you kept talking about the French fries and we were That's like, just fair. have some. Just have some, right? Yeah. And I was like, no. I finally had we're one. like, oh, we're like, just have it. It's just the oil. I know. So I and ate I one. <laughs> Yes, and then you did not enjoy it. It tasted like beef. <laughs> and I was like, this is terrible. Why did you do this to my French fry? <laughs> Correct. And in fact, actually, the term beefness came about because of the episode we were telling yes. the story on. When we told because the you story. Did not say you did not say it at <laughs> no, the restaurant. You I just didn't. like you had it, you made a face. I didn't like it. We all it. laughed. Yes, it was funny. And then we and then we finished the french fries without you. Yes, and I had my delicious other small plate thing. I don't remember oh, they what were, it was. The whole, thing was, was, the whole was thing was absolutely delicious. <laughs> but then on the show, we were telling this and you were like, I tasted this and all, you know, and it was just the beefness, the beefness of it. Of the fries. And you kept talking. They were just, they were full of the beefness. Right. And you kept talking like you were going to finish, like you were going to have another <laughs> sentence. But I was like, no, no, back up. What is that word you just used? The, the beefness. beefness. Which then I proceeded to lose it on the mics. Well, it got and better. Then, I don't know if you remember this. I do. What episode were we doing that It was night? the episode on character steaks. And we had to say the word steaks, steaks like 20 times during the episode. And we started out so well, and I proceeded to lose it more and more every time until I finally made you absolutely, completely lose it, which is one of... I don't know, three times in the 200 episodes of this show that I've actually caught you like truly just like laughing uproariously on mic. Usually you laugh was, silently. No one can tell. You're laughing at yes. me, but no one else can hear it. Just sounds like me it, giggling. It was so bad. We almost, <laughs> we 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 almost thought we were going to lose the episode. Like we oh, couldn't God. get through it. And from that point on, 
we have referred to shows where we thought we wouldn't be able to get through because they were too funny as beefless beef beefness level events yeah there is a scale there's the beefness scale there's a scale of one to beefness yes Um, of how of how hard it will be to complete the show (laughs) because of how funny something is none of them have actually been as bad as the beefness no the beefness was a (laughs) it really was it, it what i remember about it and what i love what i love about that episode is is that it was just I think it was either pre it was either pre show or, or after show. I think it was pre show because we would we screwed everything up after. <laughs> screwed so it was pre show when we were talking yes. about this, and you just like you you coined that term, and you were I just kept if going. I if I hadn't said a word, <laughs> like that word would have just like rolled past and we would have been fine. But part of my job on the show, <laughs> yeah, you're the as, straight as the straight, man. Quote, as the straight man unquote. on the show. Yes, is the to, only part of you that's straight. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> The as, as as my role as straight man on the show is to find these moments, yes, and make sure they don't slip by. <laughs> so, like as soon as you said it, I was like, "Nope, back up," because we're gonna have to talk about this word now. And then that was it. And then we just proceeded to like lose control of the entire show. Um. So yes, that was a good one. And that takes us to forty-one minutes. Yeah, that sounds like and a I think brilliant that, place to wrap up this show. So, do you know how many of them we got off the list? Yeah, Did we get like we half got of them. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, exactly half. Well, guess what we're doing next? Week? I know. I have. I wrote down some new ones though. Alrighty. So we're gonna do another set for next <laughs> yeah, week, yeah, just because yeah. we didn't finish the original five, yeah, the yeah. other five terms. Cool. So, um, since we've reached our allotted time, we do need to move to the closing of the show, and the way we do that is to talk about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Are you prepared to discuss another show on this network? Absolutely not. Let's do it. Tell me about the Misdirected Mark. Oh, you're gonna pick one. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna make one up. But yeah, sure. On the misdirected mark. Were you gonna make up a show? I don't think no, that would have been a very good idea. I wasn't gonna make idea. up the show. I was gonna just make up which one I was talking about. Oh. <laughs> sure, I'll talk about the misdirected mark. Sure. On the misdirected mark, Phil, Bob, and Jerry talk about many things, including defining words. Like layers <laughs> and latency and talking about said definitions of said words for like two hours. It's great. <laughs> I feel like it's probably a show that advocates the 1.25 uh, button, the 1.25 speed button <laughs> on your speed on your thing. Just speed it up. Nah, you guys are funny. You say good things. They're great. You should listen to them and you can catch them live at 6 p.m my time and 8 p.m. everyone else's time aka eastern time um and uh it's live really fun twitch. yeah live on twitch and you can hang out in the chat room and i am usually there also otherwise you can just pick up the show uh where you normally pick up your podcast right we should probably i should start doing the real blurbs again because man my my bespoke blurbs are way <laughs> longer <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Say, Senda, where uh, where can people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games, and if you have other words you want us to define, let us know. Um, although it'll be too late, we'll already be recording that show that night. But you know, let us know. Um, and you can find us or let us know in these other ways as well, forums.misdirectedmark.com or um, drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they have us one of those places besides words that they want definitions for, what else could they send us? 
So by all means, please send us uh, topics for the show. Um, in these pandemic times, uh, we're not doing a lot of prep um, like in terms of scripting the shows. But you know what? Um, we enjoy talking about the topics that you find important. So uh, it would be great if you would just toss us more topics, uh, just like tonight's topic for us to define a few things. So um, we love that. Uh, we'll we'll make up a show about it. Don't you worry. We're like really good at that part. So just give us something to talk about. We'll turn it into a show. Now, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, uh, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show um, get access to a whole bunch of things, including the bonus outtakes from this show, which, by the way, due to a scheduling error, the bonus outtakes, I think, went out for last week's show. <laughs> yeah, y'all got out a to sneak the world. peek. That was a I sneak peek of what you get pretty as sure a patron. that I was talking about Nerf lingo. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> that took me by surprise a, as a parent. <laughs> a little Nerf lingo, and I, I remember. I definitely had to share that <laughs> with everyone yes. else. Anyway, anyway as a patron, as a patron, you get that nonsense All weekly. All the time. Um, uh, you also get the out, the after show from the Mr. Mark access to... the. I'll tell you what. The real thing you're in here for is the access to our Slack room. Um, the Slack room for life is just a fine, the finest collection of humans that I know. Um, I love these people so much. Uh, I try to hang out with them as much as I can. Uh, we do things like we have our Friday um, luncheon. Yeah. So you can just come join us on Zoom and hang out with us uh, during lunchtime. Uh, that that's a that's a great way to kind of connect up. But the the um, uh, Slack room is fantastic. There are other things that um, in our non pandemic times we've done in ter- in terms of um, giving stuff away and things like that. Those things are going to come back around. Um, but those things are hard to do right now, and so we we don't often um, we don't often do them. But anyway. Um, so yeah, the your patronage means a lot to us. It is what keeps uh, the lights on. It's what keeps the servers uh, going, our backups, our bandwidth, all that nonsense. And trust me, uh, we got a lot of shows on this network. Like, there's a we're we're using a lot of server space. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If you are already patroning the show, thank you very much. And if you are unable to patron the show, um, we thank you. Uh, we we understand completely. And, you know, that's fine. But there is another thing you can do uh, that will help us greatly. Uh, It supports our uh, campaign of If You Listen to Us, You Will Love Us, um, which is uh, my uh, brilliant 2020 marketing strategy of basically... Uh, well, if you listen to us, you will love us. Right. I don't, um, there's not really much else. To it, it, it really says, it really explains itself yeah, yeah. In, in the whole yeah, yeah. strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, what we need is we need help getting people to listen to us. Now, of course, we expect you to drag your friends and family and to listen to episodes. So do that. But also, there's this other thing you can do that helps us immensely, that gets other people to listen to us. People you don't actually know. What? <laughs> that um, that we also want to listen to us. So what is that thing that they can You do? can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show because that's how algorithms work. And it also makes us feel warm and friendly and loved deep in our, our hearts, in, our, in the cuckolds of our hearts are warmed. Yes. In the subcockle areas <laughs> the cuckold. and things like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great. Um, and we love it so much. Thank you so very much to everybody who has already left us 
a review. We super duper 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 appreciate them. Y'all are the best. Yeah. Uh, and with that, um, say send up, pick up the die and roll for the next definition. Uh, no, it's six again. I just keep rolling sixes. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Okay, click, this click. time, this time I clicked. And this time, I didn't forget the gravy. What? Now put that in the bonus outtake. You have to be a certain. You have to be a certain age. You have to be a certain age to actually get that. Uh, that reference. No, 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 no. This is still going in the normal outtakes. There's this, and then like us singing, and that's it. Oh, that's like, fine. I don't edit through the rest of the show, but there's like something at the end there still, kind of. That is a very old. Um, that is a very old Warner Brothers cartoon about sure. these two. About these two dogs. This um. The, the big dog makes the little dog keep stealing food for it, and then it keeps it keeps hitting him because he forgets the gravy, and then at some point, the big dog is so stuffed that he can't eat anymore, and the little dog's like, and this time, I didn't forget the gravy, and he like forces the gravy into the dog, and the dog explodes. Wow. Pretty sure he explodes. Cartoon explosion, I think. Right. I mean, there is that scene in The Meaning of Life. Oh, that is of course. Like, Fuck off, I'm full. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> I can't. That one is not a thing I can even I'll have everything on your menu. Put it in a bucket. Put an egg on, on top. Oh, my God. Gross. <laughs> oh, God. It's... Oh. I, um... It's wafer thin. <laughs> I was a, um... I, I was a... I was a very young teenager when I rented... When I rented that from the um, from the yes, video store, me, good. Me too. Yes. <laughs> I died laughing. Like I saw that scene, and then it happened, and then I called my best friend up, and I'm like, "Dude, you gotta see this. It's no. so sick." I could. I was like, oh, "I feel sick to my." I'm laughing, but like my stomach doesn't feel good. But I'm laughing, but like, oh. I wasn't caught completely off guard because my. Um, <laughs> My mother, of course, my mother's Scottish, and um, my um, grand, my grandfather, like watched Monty Python on BBC like all the time. So I have yeah. like I before the movies, like I had seen you, all the. Knew. My father and I, for a long time, when I was in high school, one of the things that we would do like weekends is we would go to the video <laughs> rental store, and we would rent discs of Monty Python's Flying Circus and just watch the show. There were like three episodes on I like the difference between the two of us. You went and rented discs. Like I, I went think and they were DVDs. Tapes. I don't think that they were VHS. I I lived through renting VHS and be kind rewind. Like I, I remember all of those things. <laughs> be kind rewind. When I was in high school, I'm pretty sure we were renting DVDs. I had my own rewind. Although 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 I say that, but all the anime that I bought during that time was all on VHS. And so was my copy of Star Wars. No, we were renting VHS tapes. 
We were not renting DVDs. I did not have a DVD player yet. I'm lying. Oh, see, we the dog, are, the dog technically, the we dog technically stop. did not explode, but it ends with him with the with a funnel and the gravy. Um, I was just looking it up. Anyway, we need to start the show. So, um, are you ready? We're like three minutes in. We're not. Remember that thing we're supposed to just like cold start. Right, right, right. We totally didn't do that. We did not. We didn't do the thing. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah. Let me give us counting. Yeah, hang on. Okay, I look good. Okay. I thought for a second, I thought for a second my waveforms had stopped moving. I don't think that's true. What are you at? What's your time point? 3420. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're still in sync. Okay, good. I just Ooh, remember that time. Yes, I really do. <laughs> I won. I won the podcast. I came in faster you than you did. did it faster than me. It wasn't good. It was not. It was unsalvageable is what it was. I believe we re-recorded that episode. We did. It was much shorter the second time. Oh, that's a rough one. That was late at night. That All right, anyway. Late. Okay, good.